0: While you're standing, why don't we invite our speaker this morning. Father in heaven, thank you so much that you are a God who loves us enough to talk to us every day. That your word is comprehensible, that your spirit then downloads that to the point of complete installation into our life. And then with every word, you breathe life into us day after day after day. Thank you, Father, for those who have taken the trouble and effort to be here in your presence this morning. Reward them with the joy and the wisdom that comes from being in your presence. There are those who are online with us, let them experience your presence just as much. Those who are here for the first time, let them feel the love of the Lord Jesus through your people, Lord God. Uh, you very clearly said, by your love for each other, they will know that you are my disciples. Spirit of God, be poured out in this place and, and speak to us through your word. Open your word that we see wonderful things out of it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Just have a seat. You should have notes uh, on, your, on your chairs, or if you raise your hand, somebody will come running over to you and give you your notes. That's what it looks like. The notes are getting bigger and bigger, longer and longer. By the time we finish the series, it'll be a little booklet. And if you don't have a pen, the notes are useless. Please ask for a pen. Okay? I've ordered some fresh Covenant Life pens. They should be coming soon. In fact, they're probably being delivered today. Ready? It was a good service this morning at Transville. At, uh, We're on Radio. Trans- it was a good service this morning at Noida. Lovely uh, time in God's presence there. Had a few new people also. That was really good. If you're here for the first time, you're an honored guest today. And I really ho- and truly hope you'll give us the opportunity to serve you with our lives and uh, with, with, with this community that we have over here. I hope that you'll make Covenant Life your home. Thank you. Everybody's ready? Great, let's dive in. If I was to summarize our sermon this morning, our lesson this morning is this. Number one, it is worth being different when our goal is His glory. It is worth being different when our goal is His glory. It is worth being different when our goal is His glory. All of us need something that motivates us to change. Everybody's been told time and time again, you need to be different. You need to be different from the rest of the world. You need to be uh, living separately, living differently, character-wise, and always stand out, testimony. We ha- hear all these words, but how do you actually do it? How do you actually live separately, live differently, live uh, authentically? Changing the power we live on is possibly the most crucial change. Changing the power we live on is one of the most, possibly the most, I still remember when we started shifting from petrol to CNG. What a galata. What an absolute mess. And the streets were just lined up with cars. There's this much CNG and tons of cars. And then we kept waiting because everybody was making the shift, but it was a worthy shift because we were saving a lot of money and all of that kind of thing when you shift from one fuel source to another fuel source from one life-giving source to another life-giving source it takes great learning transition time endurance and commitment and god wants us to shift from living off the strength of the flesh to living off the spirit of god living off the the strength of the flesh to living off the spirit of god we're in chapter 4 of the book of peter 1 peter the letter We've been talking about suffering and submission in suffering with a sense of understanding that God has a purpose, God has an all-round purpose. Everybody with me so far? You remember all of this? okay? As he explained that, understood that, unpacked that, he went into the whole issue of the different audiences. He spoke to slaves, he spoke to uh, 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 employees to 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 servants then he spoke to wives then he spoke to men then he said all of you then he took a break last week and he said let's talk about Jesus Jesus also suffered do you remember that from last week Jesus also suffered what unjustly he suffered unjustly oh good we're not alone we're not alone in suffering unjustly so when we submit to God we put God on top and we move from pain to praise when we submit In suffering, we put God on top and we move from pain to praise. When we take control of our situations and try to figure out why we're in where we are, why what's happening is, is happening around us, we oftentimes miss the boat and we're not able to. Does that mean we're not in trouble sometimes because of our foolishness? No, I'm not talking about that. But unjust suffering so that's where we are and now in chapter 4 he's gonna kinda continue on the Christ theme and we're gonna learn a bit from the Lord Jesus as to how to finish suffering well how to approach suffering well how to have a theology of suffering so we keep talking about being different and having God's blessing we talk about having God's power and promises you switch on TV you hear it you read books you hear all about it but how do you actually do it how does it actually work and at the end of it is it really worth being different Is it really worth being different? I mean, look at everybody around us. They're getting their houses, they're getting their cars, they're getting their accolades, they're enjoying life, they seem to be getting the best of both worlds. And they get away with everything. They do what they want, sleep with whoever they want, earn as much as they want, however they want, and they get away with everything. What is the point? Is it really worth stepping away from that way of doing things and living life and then suffer for it? And then suffer for it. Remember last week? When you've done everything right and you still suffer, what is going on? And that's what 1 Peter is all about. So let's see today's passage. It's a long passage. You read it, chapter 4, and we're going to plug right through it. And I'm not going to stop too much on any one, except the main verse, the, the anchor verse, and then we'll keep going to the end. Chapter 4, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh and arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. This is one anchor verse and we've got another one coming right up. Since therefore, and he's picking up from last, chapter 3, where he said Christ also. Do you remember that? Christ also. What happened to Christ? He also suffered. Suffered what? Unjustly. But in the same vein, even though Christ suffered unjustly, he submitted himself to God, right? We remember that. Now he says, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh. First one was unjustly, second one is in the flesh. You're gonna see this coming over and over and over again in the flesh, in the flesh, in the flesh. So this suffering that is in the flesh can become something that is in the spirit. I repeat. This suffering that's in the flesh can become a blessing that's in the spirit. This hard work that's in the flesh can be cashed in the spirit. You could Get something out of it. You can squeeze some blessing out of it, which is why I was saying to you right through, we want to understand how Jesus understands this so that we move from pain to praise. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, which means Jesus took on flesh, he experienced what you experienced, sickness, weakness, being left alone, betrayal. Broken friendships, poverty, no job situation, ridicule, criticism and it goes on and on and that's not even before he gets to the cross. It's all of that. He hasn't got to the cross yet and he experienced all of that. Why? Why 33 years of going through all of that? Why didn't he just come, die and go back? Because God says there is something in suffering that Jesus also had to do. We'll talk about that later. Okay? So Jesus suffered underlined in the flesh. And we ought to take encouragement from that. The next two words are arm yourselves. (laughs) I love that. Christ also suffered in the flesh. So arm yourselves with the same way of circle thinking. He doesn't, hear, he doesn't say equip yourselves. He doesn't say knowledge or get knowledge or get information about it. He doesn't say suit yourselves. He says arm yourself. When do you ever arm yourself? In battle, when you're about to get attacked, when you know you're gonna get attacked, right? Arm yourselves with what? With a way of thinking. That's your battleground, your way of thinking. That's your battleground. That's where the battle is won. Lord, are you telling me right here within my body, right here in my mind, the battle is started and finished right here. I can either have fear or I can have faith. Right here, before I go to battle... I've already decided the fate of the battle depending on how I think. Answer? Yeah, that's exactly right. So you arm yourself with a way of thinking. Oh, you've got to get this. Believers, disciples of Jesus, arm yourself, yes. it's a weapon, with a way of you. thinking. Now you're going to have two ways of thinking because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Kabi idhar, kabi udhar. kabi khushi, kabhi gum. Today was a whole indie thing, so I thought I'd just (laughs) (laughs) throw that in. That's it. That's how much I know. So what was he thinking? What was Jesus thinking? He says, get in the same framework of mind. Get in the same way Jesus thought. Jesus thoughts towards God. Jesus thoughts towards man. Patterns of thinking, priorities, values. What was important to Jesus? What did he think was worth his attention? His ambitions, his outcomes. How did he see suffering? As far as Jesus is concerned, that's okay. It's okay. You can't do it for too long. He stood before Pilate, he stood before Herod, he stood before Sadducees, he stood before the Roman guard, he stood before everybody. He's like, do what you have to do. You do what you have to do. I don't have to, have, to, have to do. I know what, how this whole thing turns out. Think like him, think the way he thinks. All right. So if you ask the question why, you'll get two answers. Suffering helps you switch the power you live on, you're living off the flesh. Some of you are even trying to live for Jesus on the flesh, from the flesh. You're trying to live a good life in the flesh. You're trying to live a a, a worthy life in the flesh. Well, all the best with that, but there's a different fuel available to you. So when there is aeronautical fuel, don't put petrol in your rocket. When there's aeronautical fuel, don't put petrol in your rocket. you will just like, you're never going anywhere. Number one, suffering helps you to switch the power you live on. Are you laughing there online? You better be. (laughs) Number two, suffering helps you switch the name you live for. Suffering helps you switch the name you live for. So two very powerful things change in the transition of your commitment to Jesus. Number one, where you get the strength to make things happen, okay? Where you get the strength for victory. And the second thing is who you're living for. When you're living for yourself, everything becomes about you. Every sickness, every loss, every betrayal, everything is about me, my, me, me, my, I, me, my. But when you're living for Jesus, when you're living for a name that you want to glorify, it shifts the entire focus and of course you don't take anything personally. So those are the two things you walk away with. Here's your anchor verse, verse 1 and 2, verse 1b and 2. That's your anchor verse. And when you say something is an anchor verse, it means the weight of the meaning of this text, of this entire passage rests in this one verse. Here it is. For whoever has suffered in the flesh... Who has suffered in the flesh Jesus and everybody else who follows Christ everybody suffers in the flesh but like Jesus armed like Jesus with that way of thinking whoever suffered in the flesh has seized from sin some of your passages of scripture or your versions would say is done with sin is done with sin so seized from sin why so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh that's in humanity in on the earth no longer for human passions circle human passions but for the will of God circle will of God major shift major major shift whoever that's you that's me that's anybody else who decides to do things God's way whoever suffered in the flesh has seized from sin what on earth does suffering has to do with seizing from sin What is the relationship, the core relationship between suffering and sin? If the Bible says there is, there has to be. There's got to be a connection. Listen carefully. Suffering is a fire that God takes you through. Suffering is a fire that God takes you through. And fire is a necessary element to melt, to break to soften, to burn, to do things that nothing else can do. Fire can do things that water, air, nothing else can do. There is something about fire that only fire can do. And what is that? Fire changes the very chemistry of the element. it, It causes metamorphosis, the change of shape on the inside, the very change of the constituency of your element. Do you remember watching those videos where the guy is, he puts the big piece of iron or whatever into the fire, into the furnace, into that blowtorch or whatever. That he is, puts it in there and then he takes it out and then he's bang, 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 bang. And then he puts it back in there and he takes it out. Bang, 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 bang. Takes it out and puts it out, bang, bang, bang. What is he doing? You can't see. That thing is red hot on one end, he's banging away on one end, then he puts it back in the fire. Now imagine that that rod that he's putting in and out of the fire is you. And you just don't get it. I'm in the fire. I'm out of the fire. I'm in the fire. I'm out of the fire. When in the fire, it's fire. When I'm out, bang, 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 bang. In the fire, it's hot. Out, bang, bang, bang. God, what are you doing? And some people submit to God's plan because they know he's trying to make something. He's trying to change something. And the other people fight it. And they don't submit and when you don't submit God can't do what he can do with the fire you in the fire here's what happens when you put the iron into the fire it softens and it becomes susceptible and receptive to the changes that God wants to bring about in your life to make you more like Christ to bring make your life bring glory to God to live for another name and to live on another power To live for another name and to live on another power. Fire gets you through that. Fire makes that. And when you understand that every time you're in the fire, you're being prepared to be shaped for something. And every time you're outside, you're being shaped for something. So everything has purpose. All things work together for those who are called according to His purpose. They are blessed of God. They are blessed of God. When you get that, when you understand that fire or suffering... Has to do with sin. You realize that God puts us in the fire. That every time we're in the fire, we're a little more susceptible to His word, a little more susceptible to it. What else do we use fire for? For refining. For refining. The more we put gold in fire, the more the impurities come to the top, and you skim it off. And it comes to the top, and you skim it off. And he comes to the top, and he skim, you're like, how much more? It comes to the top, and you skim it off. Every time you are in the fire, God detoxes you of urges from the flesh no you didn't get me let's read the text it says for whoever has suffered in the flesh has what seized from sin where did that happen how did that happen (laughs) you mean you mean you don't go to a nice big church Huh? With thousands of people? You don't, you don't have awesome, 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 because we haven't come up with another word for it, awesome worship experiences, huh? and everybody will feel the Spirit of God, and from that incredible message and the powerful, and you just walk away thinking, now I'm going to just live for Jesus. Now I'm just going to say no to sin. Now I'm just going to, it, 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 it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. But God puts you in the fire a little bit, and takes you out clean. Clean there is something about fire that a great worship concert cannot do and worship concert is only on Sunday morning and the fire is Monday to (laughs) Saturday so as to live the rest of the time in the flesh no longer for human passions so that the passions of the flesh don't drive you, the passions of the spirit drive you. God wants you hungry spiritually. God wants you fed spiritually. God wants you to, 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 to desire spiritual goals and, and ambitions and, and, and accolades and, and, and value spiritual things. Why? Because you're in the flesh for a few years, you're going to be in the spirit for many years. Many, many years you're going to be in the spirit, you're going to be flesh for a few years. You're not, you're not getting me jesus is preparing mansions for your spirit and for your body we're preparing a grave wrap your brain around that one they cut a little hole in the ground which they will you reuse but they don't tell you this some cousin is going to reuse it but they don't tell you this they cut a hole in the ground and they lie you there and they don't even move you from there that's it and they stick a stone or something there epitaph and say here lies <laughs> so <so-and-so."> and so and that's <laughs> his soul is gone this is it that body that body that eight dollar stack of chemicals with seventy percent water that body is what we're living for what we're dressing what we're parading what we're feeling that body is telling us how to live this life so that the eternity, I'll be saying, but my body told me that. But, but my body, at that time I was feeling, that, but my body, told- oh, yeah really, where's your body? <laughs> I left it back. Why you didn't bring it with you? No, it's not eternal, it's not worth it. Go get it, it's corroded. You get what I'm saying, right? You get what I'm saying. A grave for your body and a mansion for your soul. so God has a sense of what he's trying to do here when he says I want you to get hungry spiritually and the hunger that you have in your flesh kill it seized from sin suffering gets rid of that suffering is good suffering is good put off your TV close those books that are telling you that suffering is not the calling of the believer and listen to what Peter has to say and say suffering is going to be part of your life therefore don't be surprised he's going to tell you that in just a bit but Jesus armed himself with a thinking and that became his weapon to go through suffering Jesus went through two types of suffering 33 years of experiencing what it's like to be you and me so that he can be a worthy high priest and then six hours on the cross giving his life shedding his blood so that you can you and I can come to God and write a new covenant with his blood in all of his life, is basically suffering, and with all of his life, he changed the life of millions and millions and brought glory to God. So, if he suffered, we will also suffer like him, and if he's glorified, we will also be glorified like him. Suffering and the willingness to cease from sin are connected. You don't get the desire to be holy from preferences and appetites, and he has suffered, he, and he has ceased from sin is what suffering brings about. Right? So, suffering detoxes me from fleshly appetites. What does suffering do? Suffering helps a believer switch from living in the flesh to living on the spirit. I know you like the phrase living in the spirit, but I'm talking about on the spirit, living on a new fuel. Living in the flesh that is under the control, but living on the spirit is being led by, driven by, written by the spirit. Moving on. So now let's just plug through this passage which basically unpacks what this anchor verse has just told us. Verse 3, for the time that is past suffices from doing what the Gentiles want to do. The word Gentiles is the word from the Greek word xeno, from which you get the word xenophobia, which just basically means other. Zeno means other, and it's not used where you're Jews and everybody else. We're talking about us and everybody else. From the t- for the time that is past suffices for doing what others want to do, and that is living in sensuality. Their feelings drive them. Passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, lawless idolatry. Peter lists the behavior that the flesh eventually takes you through. Okay, but with respect to this, circle this. What this? This behavior, this lifestyle. These people—they are surprised when you do not join them. Do you see that? Do you see that? That look on their face when you don't want to do what they're doing, when you don't want to sleep with them, when you don't want to party with them, or you don't want—and you come off looking like an absolute you know what planet are you on? Why why don't you want to be part of our lives? Why do you want to loosen up buddy? Well, what's the point of being all holy holy holy? That's when they remember three holies are appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> right? With respect to this they are circle, surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery and they ha! Malign you! That's fun! That's precious! So you have People who do what they want, live in debauchery, right? You don't. You set yourself apart. You come here. You are different from them. You struggle to be different. You pay the price to be different and then they malign you and their opinion matters. Seriously? Theirs? Look what happens to them. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of and they malign you. While you're feeling sorry for yourself, read verse 5, but they will give an account to him. Who him? The one who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Why living and dead? Who's he? Who dead is he talking about? Remember last week where Jesus died and he went and preached to those who have ceased to live in the flesh. They are now beyond the flesh because those who are in the flesh and those who have Lived beyond the flesh, both are under God's control, both are under his judgment and God's will for their life is beyond the flesh. Did you get that? No, no, I don't think you got that. You got it? God's will, what he wants for you is not just in this life. So don't even ask the question, what is God's will for my life? God's will for the flesh is die. But God's will for the spirit is eternal. So he's preached to you and he preached to those who are beyond the flesh, and that's the life and death he's talking about. He's saying he's, he will be ready to judge the living and the dead, and these guys are going to be held accountable for for this. Same this. For this is why the gospel will preached even to those who are dead, that they judged, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, underline this, they might live in the spirit the way God does. That's what God wants. Underline that, that they might live in the Spirit. How? The way God does. Underline that and listen to me. What does that mean? What does that mean? This is powerful. This is beautiful. God wants you to live the way He lives. What does that mean? He doesn't have a body, He's not living in in Chhattarpur, He's not taking the metro. So, how does He want me to live the way He lives? He is God and He is Spirit and he has given your, his spirit to you to live in you and he has given your spirit eternal life so that both your spirit and his spirit can commune he is not he is not going to give you eternal life he has given you eternal life john chapter 4 verse 24 very verily i say to you those who of you those of you have believed have passed from death unto life you are saved therefore to a believer God gives the spirit of God and the spirit of God resides in this mortal body and along with your spirit and his spirit you begin to live the eternal life that other people normally live only after they die and you begin to understand how God lives what in the spirit because God is spirit you begin to think in the spirit you begin to operate in the spirit you begin to Be strengthened in the spirit and suddenly when the body goes through suffering, (laughs) no problem, I'm in the spirit. Are you getting this? That's where the victory is. But you and I, we want to have victory in the flesh, with the flesh, by the flesh. And we lose and we're disappointed and we become frustrated and we feel guilty and we come back to God. And the same thing that God wants you to do on aeronautical fuel, you're trying to do on petrol and it's just not working. It's hard. It's just not working. God has given you the Holy Spirit for this express purpose. For this is why the gospel is preached even to those who are dead. That though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the Spirit the way God does. There's so many sermons on what the Spirit of God does and how he does that. But here's a little bit of a snippet he gives, verse 7 through to the end. Here's what the Spirit-led living looks like, Spirit-led life looks like. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be two things. One, self-controlled. Two, sober-minded. What does that mean? Self-controlled is get yourself under control. Because the self is a little bit of a rogue. Sometimes the self goes rogue on you. Get yourself under control. And the second one is be sober-minded because your mind is your battle field. It's your ER. It's your emergency room. It's where you think. It's where you strategize. And if your mind is not under control, it is not sober, it is not sober, boom. And he's not talking about drinking. He's talking about anything that takes up your mind, flatters your mind, fills your mind, consumes your mind and makes you and renders you without the ability to think straight. It could be anger. It could be lust. It could be a a passion for something. It could be a desire for just appreciation or desire for attention. It could be anything. Be sober-minded. These two things. For the sake of your prayers because the prayers are what put you in the spiritual realm. Don't affect your prayer life. Don't hinder your prayer life. So what does the spiritual, spirit-led life look like? The spiritual life look like? Verse 8, above all things, keep loving one another. What tense is that? Keep loving. Present perfect? Present continuous? Okay. Above all, keep loving one another. How? Earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. How do you cover up your sins? By loving people. What is love? Sacrifice and forgiveness. That's love. Nothing else. Everything else is lust, okay? Love is sacrifice and forgiveness. Is he a loving husband? He's sacrificial and he's forgiving. Is she a loving wife? Sacrificial and forgiving. Loving person? Sacrificial and forgiving. It's not feelings, it's not words, it's not flowers, it's not baskets. There you go. Okay? Love covers a multitude of sins. How do you feel forgiven? How do you feel covered for your own brokenness and wickedness? By covering for other people's brokenness and wickedness by being ready to forgive, by letting go easily, and not letting, holding score, letting everybody else's brokenness hang in there for you. You got that. Love one another earnestly. Number nine, verse nine. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Why did he have to put those last two words there? (laughs) Show (laughs) hospitality to one another, that's so nice. But without grumbling, seriously. He's talking about the five minutes before the guests arrive, and the 10 minutes after the guests leave. (laughs) When the whole family's life is at stake here, because the guests are about to, they're coming up, the they're coming up, they're coming up. (laughs) Open your lives and open your homes. Open your lives and open your homes. You've got nothing to hide. A spirit-led life has nothing to hide. It always has much to give. It It is never interrupted, because people can't interrupt a life that's led by the spirit. I love that. I could go on on that one. 10. As each has, a, has received a gift, use it to what? Serve one another as good stewards of God's varied gifts. So serve one another powered by grace. When you serve it powered by the flesh, you're gonna get frustrated, you're gonna want them to say thank you forty times after you do it, you're gonna want somebody to recognize it and when the church doesn't recognize it and people don't appreciate it, you're like, oh, there's no point serving here, there's no point in this church, I don't want it. Have you heard that before? I have. That's what happens if you do it in the flesh. But when you do it in the spirit, you can keep going till Jesus comes. And you don't need anybody to tell you how. Okay, As each has received. Verse 11, whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God. If you open your mouth and you're a spirit-led person, you're going to speak on behalf of God rather than behalf of the flesh. Got it? I can get into examples, but you know what that means and unpack it as you go forward. Lastly, he says, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. Again, he's gone back to service because that's what you're going to do with your life. Serve according to the grace that he gives you, the enabling grace. Serve according to the daily strength that God supplies. How? In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. That's the goal. That's the goal that he would be glorified. Live a life of service on God's daily strength. To him belong glory, dominion forever and ever. Amen. So he wraps that text up and then he goes back to talking about a philosophy, a theology of suffering and to have a perspective on that spirit-powered perspective on tough times a spirit-powered perspective on tough times verse 12 word one beloved circle it, circle it before you forget that he's not he's not talking to the whole world he's not talking to humanity in general he's talking to you and that you are loved that you are loved how do you feel towards people you love you trust them Who are the people you trust? Those you love. Are you with me? So beloved, beloved. Don't forget that. Okay, let's jump in. Beloved, do not be surprised. Mm -hmm. Do not be surprised at what? At the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you. Peter's saying, close those books, switch that TV off, whatever you've been hearing about your new theology or newfound revelation about suffering, get with the program, God wants you in and through suffering. Why? Because suffering is a fire. Suffering is good. Suffering can be trusted. If you hear one thing from this pulpit, when you're in Jesus's hands, suffering can be trusted. You go under the knife of a a skilled surgeon, you trust him. Suffering can be trusted when you're in the right hands. Do not be surprised. As though something strange was happening to you. You see that look on their face. We're like how, how could this? Jesus was supposed to take every care of everything. Jesus was supposed to carry me, and all their quotes and phrases and all didn't work out at this point, because it all fell apart. Their theology of suffering didn't quite pan out. Here's what he's saying: two things. Very simple. Don't be surprised. Don't be confused. Don't be surprised when you're tested. Don't be confused when you're trusted. Don't be surprised when you're tested. Don't be confused when you're trusted. Let me unpack that for you. What if that bar of iron or that bar of glass had feelings, had thoughts and was thinking like you as if it was you and as the blacksmith or whoever puts it into the fire and then takes it out of the fire and then puts it into the fire and takes it out of the fire why would you be okay with that? Except that you know that you can be trusted and the person in whose hands you are can be trusted and that he is making something of you. He is making something of you and if he's putting you into the fire he's so that he can change the chemistry of the element the physiology of the if he can change that so that he can mold and shape you to become who he wants you to become what am i saying it's very simple don't be surprised when you are tested the fiery tests got that did you circle that the fiery test what do you test what do you test why do you test something for quality for quality, right? <laughs> Close to test is taste. I'm more familiar with that. So I cook a lot and when I'm cooking you taste. You taste. I mean that's what the chef told you to do. Taste, taste, taste. Three times he said. You're not God, you just threw everything together and voila at the end. You know like, it all came together, fell out of the shelves. You put something together, you taste it. You put something together, you taste it. Let's go to testing. You're building something, you test it. You're building something, you test it. You shake it, you test it. If you are being tested, you are being built. God's working on you. He's got his eye on you. And you're passing a quality test, an efficiency test in God's hands. And if you know that you are being tested because of this, that God is at work in your life then you know that you can be trusted with pain why does God allow someone who's put their faith in Jesus to have cancer to have horrific, hurtful, painful illnesses not just a weekend, long hours, years of pain, why does God put a difficult, unhealthy child or a a, broken child or physically or mentally handicapped child in the family of a believer why would God do that and every part of you wants to fight it because you think heaven must be on earth and if I have Jesus in my life everything must be perfect why does God do that because he believes he can trust you with suffering if you don't trust that element that it will withstand the heat of the fire you won't put it in the fire if you put it in the fire it's because you trust the strength of the element God trusts you with suffering don't waste his trust on you suffer well suffer well soon you will I will probably lay that body to the ground I will say okay bury it your family will cry And you'll be jumping up and down in heaven free from that pain, free from that hurt, free from from those problems forever and ever and ever and ever. And there will be no more crying. There will be no more parting. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more heartaches. There will be no more disappointments and never guilt again. Forever and ever and ever and ever. So how's the next 25 years looking for you? Just want to do it? Shall we just do it? Come on. Yes. Can we, give, give me what you got. Yes. Yeah? And the older you get, good news. So shorter time. <laughs> shorter time. The young people will be saying, oh gosh, I've still got a long way to go. <laughs> Alright, let's move on. So when you get that, my dear brothers and sisters, you can party on earth. Rejoice. Rejoice. Verse 13. But, circle, rejoice. And then the next line says rejoice again. So there are two rejoices. It's like re-rejoice. Shut up. (laughs) Write it down. This is wisdom from God. Write it down. Re-rejoice. You rejoice twice. You rejoice twice in two different contexts. Let me explain. One during suffering and one after suffering. One during suffering and one because you suffered. One during suffering, one because you've overcome Suffering. You don't believe me. You're looking at me like you don't believe me. It's there. Verse 13. But rejoice in so far. You like that word? In as much. In so far as you share Christ. So rejoice in the fact that you're not alone. Christ also suffered. And if Christ suffered, you're going to be glorified along with Christ because Christ is also glorified. You know what is coming after that. You know that your body's going to go to the ground. So any suffering could go what? Another 30, 40 years? Max? Max? That's it okay you know what's coming therefore you rejoice that you are partners with Christ in suffering okay if he suffered and counted for good your suffering is gonna count for good he's gonna make it count for good for all things work together for good those who are called according to his name second rejoicing happens in the second line that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed Peter is telling you that Jesus is saying that after suffering comes say it Glory. Jesus is telling you that after suffering comes glory. Jesus is saying that after suffering comes glory. If Jesus suffered and had a proper theology of suffering, it's because he knows that when everything is laid on the line, God will lift you up and God will glorify you. Where there is... Where there is pain and suffering, where there's a cross, there is also resurrection. Where there is pain and suffering, where there's testing, there's also glory. And if you shared with Jesus in his suffering, you will share with him in his glory. So everyone going through on earth smiles and rejoices in their suffering because they got a tuppa, they got a stamp on their head saying they're headed for glory. Amen. They're headed for Glory. So rejoice, not only in suffering, but rejoice after when glory is revealed. If you're insulted for the name of Christ, you're blessed. You're blessed. Verse 14. Why? Why are you blessed? Because you have, you know what that tappa is called? You know what that stamp is called? Look at it. The spirit of glory. Oh, I just saw it for the first time this past week. I've heard it many times, but it just, it just came alive to me. This, you have the spirit of Glory. No, 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 you're not getting it. You write it down, I'll tell you. You're not getting it. A person who's suffering with Christ has what on top of him? The spirit of glory. What is the spirit of God? The spirit of God is God's earnest, God's down payment, God's investment, God's down payment on you saying, He's mine, He's mine. He's going to come to eternity with me. He's mine. Everyone who has the spirit of God is going to go to where God is. The spirit of God is going to, be, is going to take you back to heaven to where you rightfully belong. So he's left the spirit on, of God here on earth with you until the time that he comes back to take you to be with him. You know that story. You know that story. Okay. Everyone who's going through suffering has the spirit of glory on them. Because they're going through suffering, they know they will also share in his glory. What a theology to have of suffering. What a strength. Does it make it easier? Uh Uh-uh, no. Does it hurt any less? Uh Uh-uh, no. Is it going to take it away if you obey it, understand it? No. Because when you go to buy a gold ring, you want pure. You want pure. So when it's mixed down to like 16 karat. You were like, no, I want pure. I want pure. You go to eat food at a restaurant, you want clean, uncontaminated, pure food. You want water, oh, pH this, pH that. You want pure. You want pure, you want pure, you want pure. God wants pure. God wants pure. Sustain so the fire and smile at it. Sing at it. Praise through pain through it all through it all i've learned to trust in jesus i've learned to trust in god through it all and every one of you i know most of you i know most of you and i know how much you all have been through i know the kind of pain you all have been through relational pain relational pain some of some of you have are hurting for your children some of you have hurting because of the sickness and the long spells of sickness in your life some of you have seen some financial duress in your life you've seen major financial losses some of you have seen relationships fall apart or you've seen loved ones turn their back on you every single one of you has seen some serious pain and those of you who haven't seen any pain it's coming take notes rejoice that you share in the life jesus got you suffer he like he suffers. so Let none of you, verse 15, suffer as a murderer or a thief. Come on, let's not suffer for that. But let's suffer for this. If anyone suffers as a Christian, a Christian in Christ, the name Christian, let him not be ashamed. Why? Let him glorify God in that circle. Name. Let him glorify God in that name. Okay, what did I say right up in the beginning? The answer to the two whys. You learn to suffer. Suffering will lead to changing your fuel tank you'll move from living on the flesh to living in the spirit suffering does that to you and number 2 it'll give you a a name to live on we talked about that as well so suffering would not do uh, suffering for doing wrong is not what we're talking about suffering for allegiance to Christ is is what we're talking about his name so let's 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 end this let's let's close this here's a positive verse but it's been misused let me warn you it's been misused oh pastors can really misuse teachers can misuse Scripture Have you, I don't know if you've heard this phrase, verse 17, "For it is appointed for it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God." God. <laughs> Have you heard that? Have any of you heard that? They just stopped right there in the middle. It's halfway through the sentence. And they make it because you've got these two extremes, right, on TV and everywhere else. you've got these people who are like, "Oh grace, 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 Gro God, God Jesus didn't even remember your sin only. He has no recollection. He's determined. Hello, as you are, just walk into heaven. You got that lot. And then you got this lot. Judgment, 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 judgment. They're more happy you're going to hell than that they're going to heaven. (laughs) And they're like, all everything's about law and judgment. Come on. You're two extremes, right? And these people have taken that one and said, Hey, for it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. Yes, it's true but it's only half the sentence. And the beauty of this passage is actually very, very encouraging. Look at what he's saying. Judgment is good. Judgment is the fire. Judgment is the fire. And when you're put through judgment, you're put through a test. What are you judging? You pick up one apple, pick up another apple, you're picking a good apple, bad apple. You're judging quality. You're judging quality. And judgment is good. It is a check on authenticity. It is a check on quality. And what have I been saying the last few weeks? Covenant life, we want to be genuine. We want to be real. If you say you're a follower of Christ, either you really are or you're not. If you say you're saved, show the fruit that you are saved. If you're possessed by the Spirit of God, there should be fruit that the Spirit of God lives in you. Become genuine. Become real. We don't want anybody in between. We want people who are either Christ's Lord or about to be Lord. Remember I said that? So we've been talking about that. So when you talk about judgment, judgment begins in the house of the Lord. It begins in the family, right? That's not what he's saying. He says judgment begins in the family and that means the suffering that brought about that judgment. The suffering that brought about that becoming genuine, that becoming pure, that suffering was given to God's family and he's saying that if you the family of God remember beloved which verse verse 12 if the beloved have to go through suffering to be purified to be genuineized that's what Peter is saying he actually says <laughs> You don't believe me. You never believe me. Look at this, verse 17. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it, circle that, if it begins with us, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel? If God uses suffering to purify the good ones, bad ones, okay, you don't get it. So he puts a whole verse, another verse to explain it in a different way. Verse 18. Verse 18. Here's an explanation of the same verse, but in a different way. Said another way, he says, and if the righteous is scarcely saved, the righteous fellow, if he is barely saved, if he's going to make it into heaven like damn, just but what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Don't 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 get shaken up by what they're saying. Don't get shaken up by the world's view of you. The world is not going to exist long enough to have a view of you. God is going to have an eternal view of you. And you are going to be with him forever. You have been given one life. This life will soon be passed. And only what is done for Christ will last. And he's given you one body. Some of you think that's a mean joke. At least he could have changed the body four times. At least he could have given me some options, but he's giving you—that's how less he thinks of the fleshly life. He give me one body. You don't like it? It's okay. It's not for long. Just wait till I see. See what I got in store for you in eternity. Come on, get with it. Get with what Jesus is saying here. Therefore, therefore, right don't think about others don't get worked up about others don't get jealous of others others who seem to have it all together who get away with everything who have the option of living for the flesh and doing whatever they want who get get off on Sundays they live however they want no guilt no hypocrisy and they come out on top they don't feel guilty about anything about pampering themselves they're not disqualified by their what do you do with them what do you do with those friends huh what do you do with those people all around you whole day Monday to Saturday answer Leave them to God. Leave them to God. Verse 19. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will. Underline it. Entrust their souls to a faithful creator. Oh, that's beautiful. What do you do? What do you li- living in a world? <laughs> Come on, what do I do? Entrust your soul to a faithful creator. creator. We saw that about Jesus in the previous passage. Jesus he, he entrusted himself to God. Now Peter is saying, do the same thing. You entrust yourself to the faithful creator while doing good. You keep doing good. You stick with it. You stop grumbling that you did everything right and you're still suffering. Let God take care of that. Leave it to God and trust yourself. So, let's close on this. It is perspective. It is a mature perspective that's going to give you this understanding. My brothers and sisters... As a pastor, I have only one desire and one assignment, and that is to put you in a context, put you in a climate where you will grow spiritually so that you can have the perspective, so that you can surrender to God, so that your life will live on His power and live for His name. Did you get that? So it comes back to church and it comes back to small groups and it comes back to Bible study and if you come here on Saturday morning it's a beautiful sight. we've got these circles of tables and the guys are sitting around they've got the word open and they're getting into the word and they're loving the word and there's, it's it's a lovely sight. and we've got that but not all the guys at waterline we're trying to look for other options where the men can get together the women are already in small groups how many small groups do we have evelyn has gone out we've got about what four or five six small groups six ladies girls small groups get together and why girls separate, guys separate? Well, we disciple differently. We think differently. Our fears are different. We need to engage the word differently and we need to encourage one another differently. Men develop men. Women develop women. Godly women develop godly women. Godly men develop godly men. Put that together and then you get godly families and you got a godly church. Are you committed to small group? Are you committed to growing in your understanding of scriptures? Or are you happy with Sunday morning? Are you happy with Sunday morning? Men, if you can get your act together, the rest of the family will fall in place. What women need is men they can respect. What wives need at home are husbands they can respect. Husbands they can look to to give the spiritual guidance that Christ has ordered you and commissioned you to give. The women will always be close to God. They'll be outside the, 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 the sepulchre. They'll be at the temple, they'll be in the house, they'll be serving, they will be Martha's, they will be Mary's. Women were all over the place, you don't have to tell them how to. But that depth of knowledge, ladies, the depth of sisters, the depth of knowledge that comes from knowing scripture, that's going to come when you put your child aside, you put your worries aside, you put your fears aside, you get down, hold hands, pray, get into the word together. You don't become a godly woman by talking about it or listening to songs. It's the word. So are you committed? Are you committed? Men, we've got 17th of November, we've got a men's conference coming up. Men's conference. 17th of November, we're going to talk about being dangerous good. Have you heard of dangerous evil? Imagine dangerous good. Okay, go to my website, sign up for it. It's a personal initiative that I'm doing. It's not a covenant life program. I'm doing it separately so that I can involve lots of other people. And we're going to get together and spend a day, just spend one day. I don't quite know the venue yet. I'll finalize that in a week or so, but it's definitely on the 17th of November. It's definitely going to cost only 20 2500 and you sign up. Get to sign up. Be there. Women, you know some men. Sign up. Just sign them like how you put their name in the matrimonial thing. Just sign it up. Okay? Okay? So guys, do that. And ladies, is Evelyn here? I need Evelyn here. And even if Evelyn's not here, Sarah's here. Sarah stand up. You can talk to Sarah or you talk to Natalia, you can talk to Rachana's right here and Evelyn's back there. These are the ladies who are the 201 group, they look after the spiritual depth of our women. And if you're not in a small group, talk to them and they'll put you in a small group. That's Evelyn over there. They'll put you in a small group. And especially the girls you need to get. Because I'm worried about the girls and the ladies because I can't push you, I can't talk to you personally, but you need to go talk to them. But guys, you get up and you come here. I do it in the same place so you don't get confused. You come here. 6.45, you get black coffee and you come. You, you just just you get your carcass here and we will take things further. Are you tired? You want to go home? No. <laughs> father in heaven thank you for your precious people they are a joy to serve they're just a joy to minister to and lord let it let it stretch through the week your blessing your word your wisdom let it stretch through the week take them walk with them talk with them there are some who haven't come to church today because they just they just can't face people they they're dealing with stuff they don't have the energy to smile to interact sometimes sundays are the only day they just want to lord Minister to all our people in different ways and raise enough people who actually have a shepherding heart and desire to care for others, Lord God. It's not that I want to see everybody here on Sunday, but I do want to see everybody engage your word and with each other. Next, we're going to talk about pastors and how pastors need to understand suffering and in the context of suffering, how do they shepherd others. And Lord, as we look at that as would you, would you warm and, 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 and move our hearts to feel for the spiritual life and the depth of other people. Because if we are mature, we'll have a good theology of suffering. If we suffer well, we'll glorify that name and then we'll be in line for rejoicing in heaven. With the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide with each and every one of us through this week and even forevermore. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your attention. It's a long sermon. May the Lord bless you. Stick around for lunch. There's some kebabs. If there's anything we can do for you, pray for you, let us know. God bless.